0: light on state government. It's full disclosure every Wednesday morning with the Better Government Association. David Grising, president and CEO, joins us as always. David, a lot to get into, so let's dive right into it. Good morning, by the way.
1: Good morning, Jim. Thanks.
0: Well, uh, it's been uh, just another very, very busy week. Want to start with the uh, the pandemic. Of course, uh, the governor uh, announced again in the last few days he's keeping the state un- under those tier three strict mitigations just to make sure we don't see a post-Thanksgiving surge of cases. We have a lot of folks around the state openly defying those rules, including some, uh, some state lawmakers. We've also got the state gearing up for a uh, vaccine distribution and still a lot of unanswered questions there. Uh, but in the midst of all this, we can't forget uh, the the human toll of this, and maybe nowhere is that more evident at the moment than the tragedy that's been unfolding in recent days at the LaSalle Veterans Home. And now, uh, after weeks of this, there's finally been a big shakeup there.
1: Yes, no doubt. Uh, 32 deaths at the LaSalle Veterans Home. It's, it's a little bit ironic that um, uh, when Governor Pritzker was running for office, he of course uh, singled out uh, then Governor Rauner's mismanagement of a health outbreak, health problem at the Quincy Veterans Home, and now we have a second Veterans Home that's seeing the really serious impact of COVID. Uh, the manager of the home, Angela Murlbach, was was uh, relieved of duties yes uh, yesterday, and a new uh, manager, Anthony Vaughn, uh, put in her place. There's an um, inspector general's investigation uh, that, that will be going on. Uh, based on um, the reporting about this so far, it sounds as if the mismanagement was just acute. Uh, people, uh, you know, using hand sanitizer that have been shown to be ineffective, uh, wearing PPE kind of in and out of uh, secure spots so that they would be carrying virus around the facility with them, Uh, just all kinds of uh, uh, cross-infection going on. Uh, It really sounds like a deplorably managed situation there. And what a a shame to see uh, people who have served this country uh, in the military to be exposed in this way. And the effect on them and the staff at that home being what it has been.
0: You know, It's certainly a minor point in all of this but one that uh, should be well taken uh, about how your old tweets can come back to haunt you and as you noted, Governor J.B. Pritzker uh, was not shy about holding Governor Bruce Rauner directly responsible for the Legionnaire's disease deaths at the Quincy Veterans Home. The death toll now at LaSalle is roughly twice that of what we saw from Legionnaire's disease uh, in Quincy and yeah, ultimately uh, that does land at the at the governor's doorstep. And uh, while he certainly doesn't make uh, individual decisions about what kind of hand sanitizer to buy or making sure people are properly masked inside a facility, uh, you've got to make sure that the people you put in charge are are actually managing the situation. And as you said, it seems like there was uh, some real dereliction there in terms of uh, how they were dealing Uh, With that situation. And unfortunately, uh, something like that can happen anywhere, particularly in places where you've got uh, unchecked community spread of the virus. And so uh, that's why the governor has been so adamant on some of these uh, restrictions, some of these mitigations. But we've seen, for example, a downstate lawmaker last week holding a holiday party for more than 100 people at an indoor establishment uh, saying, and in fact, it's it's his constitutional right uh, to, to peaceably assemble even though courts have repeatedly upheld the governor's pandemic restrictions.
1: Well, if he wants to form a religion, maybe the Supreme Court, recent Supreme Court ruling would protect his his right to party. But I don't think there's a right to party in the Constitution. And yeah, I, it, it's really uh, unfortunate to see people who are in a position of public leadership uh, to be so indifferent to what is going on in this state. Uh, we've gone over the last number of months Last time, when the spike was up, we were one of the best states. We were held up as an example of how to counteract this disease, and this time we are one of the worst states. And so this kind of dereliction does have costs, uh, because people pay attention to their elected leaders, and when they see their elected leaders behaving in this manner, whatever their political stance, let's set that aside. Let's just look at the fact that people are dying— uh, people are dying at an alarming rate. The positivity rate had climbed well up above 10%, whereas the governor uh, and is trying to get this down to below 3%. Um, there's some serious problems going on right now, and this is this is not. Uh, this is just not responsible behavior on the part of people like this.
0: It's full disclosure with the Better Government Association. David Grising, president and CEO, is here with us. And speaking of people in leadership who are indifferent to what's going on in the state, let's now turn to House Speaker Mike Madigan, who is uh, uh, becoming increasingly uh, nervous, it seems, about being able to hang on to power, uh, doing a lot of outreach, trying to get his ducks in a row. And uh, a group that now suddenly finds itself with a lot of power in this discussion is the Legislative Black Caucus, which held a uh, a sort of an endorsement session over this past weekend, virtually, to allow people who might have an interest in being Speaker to uh, to make their case. Only two people did, although we know there's probably a lot more than that in the House that has an interest in the job, particularly if Mike Madigan is gone. But only Speaker Madigan and his only announced opponent, Stephanie Kifowitz, uh, made those presentations. And it was Speaker Madigan's that got a lot of attention there, particularly when he told the Legislative Black Caucus he'd be willing to support an income tax increase if Governor J.B. Pritzker says one is necessary to balance the state budget.
1: Well, right. It, it's very, very interesting that Speaker Madigan, even though uh, based on public pronouncements, he is about six votes short of what he would need to be reelected as speaker, the 60 votes he would need. Um, he continues to, to to pick away at this. And his best his first best hope is to get the Legislative Black Caucus behind him, uh, because solidarity there would give him a block of votes. And as he said, according to the Sun-Times exclusive report on this, um, he's trying to build support block by block. So if he can get unanimous support from the Legislative Black Caucus, or near unanimous support anyhow, because one member has publicly said they're not going to back him, uh, then he— um, uh, then he may be able to put this together. His best hope is that at the vote in mid-January uh, that it's a more than one ballot. It seems likely there will be because there probably will be more than one contestant for the position that he eventually just picks off uh, vote by vote and builds back those six that he uh, will still need. Um, uh, yeah, the big surprise, <laughs> none of that was surprising. The big surprise was his announcement to the caucus that, he would be willing to raise income taxes. Um, that is music to their ears, because they're looking for more funding uh, for their um, equity agenda that includes more money for policing and healthcare and education and other uh, social needs. And so um, this was kind of a bald appeal to that group to say, I'm in your corner. I will support your agenda, Never mind the fact that I'm at the target of this sprawling federal investigation. Ignore that. It's a distraction. I don't know exactly what he said, but that's what he has to hope they will do. Hold their noses and vote for him as Speaker.
0: It should be noted that after all of that, the Legislative Black Caucus did not, in fact, make an immediate endorsement, and they seem to be keeping their powder dry here to see how a lot of this shakes out. Uh, they have a lot of leverage now in this process, as you noted, David, and so that uh, allows them uh, to uh, sort of bide their time here, see what happens and uh, perhaps make the best deal to uh, help their agenda along. Uh, it is going to be a very interesting three or four weeks uh, not just under the Capitol Dome, but in all of the, the back rooms and uh, smoke-filled <laughs> rooms and uh, long hallways uh, uh, associated with power in the state to see how this all shakes out. we got to take a break. We've got more coming up. Full disclosure, David Greising, President and CEO of the Better Government Association is here with us. Uh, David, just Wanted to mention briefly a news conference yesterday. Some Republican lawmakers who are pushing for changes to the Illinois Constitution to allow easier recall of elected officials at every level. Uh, this would exclude judges, but could take in just about everybody else—lawmakers uh, and mayors, and even the uh, the Senate President and House Speaker. They paint this as the uh, giving citizens the ability to respond to corruption, to recall corrupt elected officials. The reality is, of course, it could be used uh, for anybody. If they just happen to uh, vote on an issue a way you don't like, uh, you could start a, a recall petition here. Uh, any chance of this
1: going anywhere? Uh, highly, highly doubtful. They were scoring a political point while uh, House Speaker Mike Madigan is so politically weak. If, in fact, Madigan ends up being pushed out of that position, maybe the Democrats might start looking at statewide uh Offices And uh, the current system, which really was a post-Rod Blagojevich uh, change put in f- at, at the behest of then-Governor Pat Quinn, uh, it makes it very, very difficult, and the only statewide office that can be removed is the governor. Perhaps there is a need for recall, but a move by Republican uh, um members of the House is not the way that this is ever going to really get started.
0: Before we let you go, we want to draw people's attention to the Better Government Association website. Tons of good information there. One of my favorite uh, features on the website is the uh, PolitiFact Illinois Fact Check Service, where they uh, take statements of public officials, evaluate them, actually put them up to a microscope and see uh, is this in fact accurate? Uh, You have uh, recently uh, analyzed uh, some of the pronouncements of Governor J.B. Pritzker uh, tell us what you found.
1: Well, there was a false uh, post on on uh, social media uh, claiming that J.B. Pritzker's daughter had uh, unmasked, attended a party out on the streets uh, in Chicago, and he derided this at a press conference and said it was all untrue. We, we decided to look into it, and in fact, the governor had it right. And really what you have in this story is a taxonomy of the— um, uh, far-right echo chamber, which is designed both to uh, kind of questions about whether uh, the COVID enforcement is appropriate, et cetera, and also to undermine the authority of Governor Pritzker. And not only that, but to drag his family into it. It's really a deplorable uh, and toxic mixture that was put together here. A lot of it centers on... Um, the media empire of Dan Proft, uh, a group called Chicago City Wire, which masquerades as a news source and is not, uh, and unfortunately was picked up also by some elected officials in the state. And so our um, research into this shows that, in fact, the governor's claims about this being—he didn't use these words, but part of a vast right-wing conspiracy, as Hillary Clinton coined that phrase—he uh, was right. This this is really just a way to manipulate public opinion, lie about the governor's family, and really undermine his effectiveness as a leader of the fight against COVID.
0: It's a great read. Go check it out at the Better Government Association website, bettergov.org. David, we're out of time for this week. We'll do it again next Wednesday morning, okay?
1: Thanks, Jim. Goodbye.